Welcome to What's Up Welland. As we kick off the month of June, we know, or for those of us who don't know, June is Pride Month. And what better person to have back on the show than Enzo DiDavidis, Chair of Pride Niagara. We had a very fulsome conversation with Enzo last year. It feels like we spoke with him last week. It was such a a profound conversation that it has resonated for the last year. But he's back with us today to talk any and all things Pride, especially Pride Niagara and what they do for, for the Pride community and just for the general community here in Niagara. Mark, what is your uh, your take on getting to see Enzo again today? Yeah, I always look forward to chatting with Enzo. Uh, every conversation I have with him, I find I learn something in some way, shape or form. So uh, needless to say, uh, I'm excited to uh, to chat with him today to, to learn something. And I have no doubts that I will. Uh, I had the good fortune of being able to uh, connect with him just the other day as we raised the pride flag here at City Hall. Uh, and we had a chance to kind of talk offline a little bit, which uh, you know I know is also going to happen here today. Uh, but I know that what we do have once we hit record is going to be a fantastic conversation. So along with Enzo DiDavidis, the chair of Pride Niagara and overall friend of the show, let's jump in and find out what's up Welland. So who better to join us to kick off Pride Month than Enzo DiDavidis, the chair of Pride Niagara. Enzo, thank you so much for coming back to What's Up Welland to talk about, well, all things Pride Month, but also just Pride Niagara and uh, allyship and everything that we're going to talk about today. Thank you for having me. I missed you guys. So um, earlier this week, we raised the pride flag here at City Hall. Um, today, we are talking about Pride Niagara, your origins, your roots, how how that organization and group came to be here in Niagara. So again, who better to share that story and that little bit of history than you? So uh, if you don't mind, how did Pride Niagara begin? Um, actually, it was a group of friends. We were just sitting around and we were complaining. It was uh, <laughs> myself, Kevin Manninen, Phil Gurley, and uh, Melissa Gray. We were just complaining that there isn't a lot to do socially in Niagara. There is no uh, connectivity. There's no place to go and just meet someone or go on a date or just go with your partner or just be around people that you identify with socially. That There were support groups and there were uh, things for services. And then you can, you, know, you can find things online, especially now. But there was nothing social. And then we were complaining so much. We we're like, why don't we just do something? Because we all have backgrounds in... Uh, event planning, not-for-profit, food and beverage. So we decided, let's just actually do something. And then from then, it just snowballed into what it is today. And and when was that? That was 13 years ago. 13 years ago now. Wow. And so what changes, I'm sure there's been many, have you seen since that inception? Was it Pride Niagara right out of the gate? Or was there a different name? Or I think for like six months, we were Pride in Niagara. And then it just went to Pride Niagara. But uh, no, it, the changes, it's just our, the community itself, like our community initially was very scared to have the events and to do these things because it just traditionally we weren't accepted or welcomed or there were, there were never events that size or that visible around people. So when we started planning them, it was just that sense of, I don't think we should do this. There must be a reason we've never done this or why we don't have this. Let's not do this. So they were a little standoffish. And then allyship, just developing it, is huge now compared to our first year when we had Pride in the Park and we had to pay vendors to be there. 
and sign contracts saying that we would pay you back if you don't make enough sales. So, Enzo, before we get into allyship, and I, I mean, I remember discussing it last year, and I feel like that's even more of a discussion this year. But before we go down that path, so you spoke to fear being a piece of getting pride in Niagara. Now, Pride Niagara started that that was sort of a, an obstacle to, uh, to, to work past. What were some of the challenges then, but especially you've been around now for 13 years, what are challenges you are still facing today and how is pride addressing them? And how does the general community step up to help pride in addressing them? Uh, some of the challenges that we're still dealing with is people realizing what it is to be an ally and that it's a constant education and growth. It's not just during the month of May or June, uh, during the Pride time, and the um, tokenizing, uh, the sensationalizing over things, because they'll, that's when they'll focus on it and then push it aside for the rest of the year. That's always a struggle. And for having the municipalities, when they do something for diversity or for our community, to actually contact our community and actually get the community that is active and doing things involved. They'll have an event and I'll look at their, their information that they're advertising or who they have in their lineup or performers or coordinating the event, running the event, promoting the event. And none of these people are from Niagara. Who are they? Why'd you hire them? Where did they come from? Do you, so you're celebrating that in Niagara, but you're not using any of Niagara to do the celebration. Do you not think it exists? It's counterproductive. So holding them accountable to that and reminding them that they're doing this more times than not, they, they just, it feels like they don't know any better and their intent was good, but there are still a few times where they just choose to do that because they don't want to see it in Niagara. And I, I think some of that um, plays into the, it's their responsibility to contact you. It's not right. your responsibility to be the educator. You will provide education, but you shouldn't have to always be out there reminding people, we are here, we will provide services. Your door is open. People could, should contact you. Then this way, they're getting the right information. They are, well, they're showing that they're allies. They're not relying on you to do all of the heavy lifting, all of the work. Correct. Exactly. So, and so just before we started, we were just kind of having an off-the-mic conversation uh, just about, you know, different things that are going on right now. And uh, certainly how we see, and we see it a lot in, in all different areas, some of that creep up from the United States in mentality and thinking and politics and all those kinds of things. And, and we're seeing it, I think, I, well, I'll, I'll let you define whether or not it, it's more or less, but I think it's a little bit more in terms of, you know, the protests against whether it's a drag performance or the protests against raising a pride flag or those kinds of things. How? So the question is, in your opinion, is it more? Are you seeing more of that resistance to rather than acceptance of? Um, definitely, there's more acceptance. But at the same time, there's definitely a lot more resistance. There's a lot more protest. Uh, it's just an excuse for hate. It, what it really comes down to, I think they're running out of reasons because there are more allies for all marginalized communities. Things are, people are standing up for each other more. People have with, they have a freedom of their own voice now. They, you can go online. You can do something. You don't necessarily have to be that person at an event to have your voice. 
You can do so many different things, different ways of being heard. So that's wonderful, but there's so much hate still. And they're looking for, they're looking for reasons and uh, cover-ups for their hate. So for some reason, the queer community, whether it be drag, whether it be uh, trans, anything, they're just using that as an alibi. How, my goodness, this is something new that just popped up in the world and we have to keep the children away from it. How do you address that? If, if you are that group that continues to be, or especially now is that target, how do you endure? I mean, haven't you, haven't you endured enough, but just what do you find in your community to keep going for that, that greater acceptance, that change that you don't have to keep fighting that uphill fight? Seeing our, how our community is growing, like our new Pride Ambassador this year has been um, coming to Pride events for 10 years. So they were at our, they were at one of the Pride in the Parks. They were at tons of the events and there's so many pictures of them when they were like 15, 16 years old. And just seeing that now because of having these events, because they're, it's not just a social thing. It's not just to go have fun. It's a lifeline for these people to connect, to see other people, to know that there's something happening. So to see that in your city, to see that whether you're in Thorold or Wainfleet or Welland or wherever, to see these things happening, you know, I can live here. I can exist here. I, I'm not being erased here. There's something. So that keeps us going. That keeps us motivated to do it. And to, honestly, it's either you do it or you don't. And that don't is not an option because we're not, we can't just go away. We're real people. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And, and certainly for the, uh, for the, for the community that, uh, that you represent and, and, you know, you advocate for every step of the way. You're right. Going away is not an option. Being silent is not an option. For allies, for people who maybe are looking at it through a lens of that's not my fight, that's not my concern, that's not my issue, whatever that looks like for them, how do we how do we help the allies find their voice? So, you know, because some people they they may be behind you full force every step of the way, but they're nervous to speak up or they don't want to publicly put it out there for whatever reason. How, how do we help allies along to to support whether it's the LGBTQ plus community or, or any other marginalized community? What, what advice do you have for allies? First, listen to the, to the marginalized group. Listen to the people and the individuals that you want to support. You have to hear what they're saying because often I'll find allies that will get very passionate about it and they want to they want to speak so loudly about it and make a big production and just protest or just do whatever. Sometimes they're not listening because they're just filled with passion and they want to help, which is beautiful. But you have to listen to what that marginalized group needs the support in. Sometimes it's not what you want to do, um, but they need that help. So if you're going to say, I'm an ally, I want to support you, you need to listen to what they want the support in. If that's not what you want to support or how you want to support, maybe you're not actually an ally. Maybe you're not helping that person. And that's something that you have to stop and look at for yourself and educate yourself. Being an ally is a constant education because people change, the community changes. Mm -hmm. The needs and the where you would need support changes continuously. But I would say definitely first, listen. And if you're going to do something to help, if you're going to do a fundraiser, a protest, an education, uh, something, contact that community first. Get the community people involved in the process because you can't voice them if they haven't told you what they'd like to say. 
If you're going to support them, they need to be a part of the entire journey with you. You can't just say, we're doing this for the queer community and not have anyone from the community in it. And then just being a voice for it, it doesn't really work that way. That's kind of to make yourself feel better and saying, look how good I am. I'm helping gay Steve, but he's not, he's not even invited. So gave, so gay Steve did make an appearance today. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> I didn't want him to feel left out. Um, so, and so as far as, uh, supporting the community, we are, we are kicking pride month off. What does the month of June look like? For, I mean, Pride goes year-round, but let's focus just for this moment, especially the month of June. What does that look like in Niagara for the Pride community? What are you bringing back that you know is a tried and tested event people can look forward to? What are you doing new this year that people should show up to because, hey, we're doing something new? Uh, new, we have an amazing event that we partnered with Brock University for. It is to exactly what we were talking about, how to become a better ally, how to learn to support people, uh, how to learn how to develop your policies in your own organization or at your workplace, to share what you're doing now for diversity and inclusivity, and to see how you can better that, see how you're actually hitting the needs of people in Niagara specifically. Because often you'll get information that is passed down from larger companies or at your workplace. And it may not hit where you live. It may not be what the needs are locally. So this is a big conversation with Brock University to, to educate each other and to network and to see who's in our community and who we can work with and who is an ally and who can support us. So we're very excited about that event. And that's on Thursday. Um, and obviously Pride in the Park is our main event that comes back every year. And we're definitely excited about that. With with your event schedule coming up, and again, just to, to kind of go along Paul's point of you know focusing on the month of June for the time being, you know, and again, I I want to keep this as positive as possible. Do you expect resistance at these events this year? Are are you preparing for that? Is it or is it is that just something that you know based off your experiences is always kind of in the back of your mind? Is something you're probably going to have to deal with? It's always in our mind that it's something there and it's always on a radar to be ready for it. But this year specifically, yes, we're extra, extra prepared and uh, anticipating it because people have been advertising it. And like events earlier prior to it, here in Welland, we had uh, a drag brunch at the Vegan Hippie Chick, which is amazing business and a huge ally for years. And not just in the month of June, all year round. And uh, there was a protest there because... Ultimately, they don't want that aspect of the community to be exposed to people until they turn 18. They don't want that part of the conversation yet. So you, haven't exi- you don't exist to them until you're 18. So we know that group or those people are still protesting. They're doing it all over Canada. So we're expecting something, yes. How, and, and this is a question uh, just for me, I'm really curious about the, how does that not, and maybe it does, how does that not just fill you up with anger? It does. <laughs> and, and, so, and how do you yeah, deal with that, right? And because, you know, in speaking with you and having known you for the last couple of years and, you know, having a multitude of conversations, I, I feel like I trend towards that person you were talking about earlier where that passion fills up and it, I need to find a way to end this injustice on behalf right. of, the, you know, this Which is great. community. But I, I think for me, I, I hear the challenges that you, you endure and the, the hate that you have to absorb and it makes me angry. I don't know how to process that. So for, for, for you, 
as the chair of Pride Niagara, as, as a prominent member of uh, the queer community. How do you deal with that? Uh, it definitely does give me that vibe. I definitely have my uh, like rage moments to myself but I, <laughs> and to are my very good friends and then uh, our community members and people that work at Pride Niagara and make all these things happen. We have our moments where we just have to get that out. Uh, and then we just look at it and say, that's energy. Like that's, that is reasons. That's the exact reason why we have to have these events, why we have to focus and do these things and why they're so needed. Because if somebody's protesting against this, like that's must mean this is a pretty big deal. If somebody is, has that much passion of hatred towards it, that must mean that there's that much love on the other side and that it is needed. So we use it as energy and just like to insight to say, we have to do more clearly because these people for some reason, just want to eradicate us right off uh, out of the community completely. And the crazy thing is this has been going on. Like we've had these events forever and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you know, it's a great, that's a great way to hide our hate. Let's pick on this group right now. And the shocking amount of people that jump on that really quickly though, that shows you like you need to be doing this work still because they, they were just silent. Didn't mean they were accepting. They were just silent. Well, those kind of rage sessions that you have with your close group of, of friends and, and allies must do wonders because I don't think I've ever seen you not smiling, not happy. Wow. I think if that was me, I'd be walking around with the perma frown and just steam coming out of my ears. But, you know, again, every time I've encountered um, you, uh, I shouldn't say encounter, that doesn't, every time I've been around you, had a conversation with you, it's always been just so happy-go-lucky. You, oh, great. You, Good. I'm glad. I, Thank you. You know, you, you wouldn't get uh, the sense that you've just maybe endured uh, a hateful comment online or, a, you know, a really poor discussion with somebody who is protesting, you know, what you're doing. So, um, it, yeah, just a, a general kudos to you for uh, how you carry yourself, because, again, it's always been nothing but positive. And I know that that's at, a, at the core of, you know, Pride Niagara is that positivity, that love. Yeah. So. Thank you. Uh, kudos to you. That, that's, you that's it. That's my point. There's Thank no you. question. <laughs> Just a point. Thank you. And it's always at these events, you are feeling great. Like we are feeling energized and positive because you're surrounded by people that want to support you and understand and are your allies. So at these events, at these moments, like right now with the both of you, I am feeling that. I am feeling positive. I am feeling supported. And like, I know this, you are allies and you are here to support the community and Pride Niagara. So that's, that's probably why I'm smiling too. <laughs> well, and so thank you for bringing the insights. Thank you for bringing the smile. Thank you for bringing the positivity to the conversation today. If we are wrapping up, is there any last point points that you want to share before we, before we wrap? Uh, just to remember to respect everyone. It, it may not be something that you understand, but remember that you do have the capability of educating yourself and understanding. It's not necessarily a fear when you're saying you hate something. Hate is hate. Fear can be, can, you can get rid of your fear. You can educate yourself. You can learn. And you may not be what, it, who you are, or how you identify, but it doesn't mean you can't respect that person and understand that person. And one last, actually, one last question now, Enzo. If people are looking to educate themselves, a lot of resources are out there, but where would people find Pride Niagara's information? 
Uh, there's tons of resources out there, but Pride Niagara, you can find everything's under Pride Niagara. So whether it be Twitter, Facebook, uh, our website, Instagram, everything's under Pride Niagara. And it has a list of our partner organizations that we do work with. So there's tons of tons of information out there. You just have to want to know. Well, Enzo, thank you so much for coming back to the show. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. Uh, so, Paul, to neither of our surprises, today's conversation was another uh, fantastic one with Enzo Didovitis of Pride Niagara. Um, there's so many things to kind of absorb and reflect on as we as we walk out of the room today. But, you know, one of the biggest things, and I think I referenced it um, during the conversation, was, you know, in terms of being an ally and in terms of allyship, understanding what that means and how you can actually be an effective ally. So, you know, instead of maybe going off on your own personal crusade to solve and, and um, you know, you rectify this great injustice that you're seeing, talk to the people that you're being an ally for and find out what it is they need, because it may not be that, you know, crusade that you've built up in your mind. It may be something as simple as, just listening um, or just kind of being there or whatever it is, you know, if you don't ask the question, you're not going to you're not going to know the answer to how you can best be an ally. So, uh, you know, for Enzo, he was able to share a little bit of that with us today. And, you know, I know I'm that person. I get riled up about something that I may not fully understand. And so it's a good reminder to take a step back, listen and understand what it is that I can do. Uh, at different times. Uh, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm so appreciative of all the conversations we have with Enzo. And, you know, he's just, he's such a, a happy, good spirited guy. He always makes me feel better. But through our conversation today, and I, Paul, I know this is something that you're going to chat about uh, briefly, is just, you know, in the face of the hate that he experiences and sees and has to deal with, he, he, he's so resilient. And the pride community is so resilient. I just think that's so impressive and admirable uh, because I don't know if I would be able to walk around with the same demeanor that Enzo does given what he has to experience. Mark, I, I, you touched on that exactly. Resilience um, in the face of objection, in the face of hate. Enzo keeps a demeanor that is engaging, that is positive, that ultimately leans toward even if we are wading through something that is challenging and difficult now, there is light at the end of the rainbow. Let, let's go with. But um, the fact that they saw a need 13 years ago for a community here in Niagara that supports the pride community, the fact that through ups and I'm sure a lot of downs, they have continued to grow their organization to support this community. Uh, it's inspiring. And yeah, the, the beaming smile on his face, even when he is talking about that which is challenging, it's encouraging, it's inspiring, it is a call to action. And as you said, by listening to what their need is, you know how to act, you know how to step up as an ally, you don't just run blindly at something, they are there to, to help inform us what is the best way that they need help. And sometimes... Uh, sometimes it is giving them money. It is giving them the resources to be able to put on events, to to be able to best support whatever the need is for their community at that time. Um, I could go on and on, but I am going to wrap this up because this conversation is one that certainly speaks for itself. Um, I mean, Enzo's last conversation with us, as I said, it still resonates. 
It's a year later, but it felt like it could have been just yesterday. So to listen to Enzo's previous chat with us, to hear today's, to hear our other episodes, be sure to visit engagewelland.ca slash podcast. Enzo, as always, we are deeply appreciative of the spirit, character, information, just everything you bring to the show, everything you bring to the Pride community. Thank you for joining us, and we will be back next week. 